0: It's good to worship God, right? I was uh, just thinking in the worship. We're made to adore him. And we're made just for him. That's the reason we're here. Lord, we're here to adore you. We're here to worship you. Lord, not just on a Sunday, but on this earth. And we were made by you, for you. And it is such a privilege and an honour to be able to say that we're in relationship with the living God. Well we bless you. Great. Uh, I'm not into trains at all, just so you know. Just to get that out there before I get a barrage of emails and, uh, you know, oh, have you seen this one? I'm not into planes either. If you want to send me pictures of mixing desks and things like that, you're more than welcome. Planes, trains and automobiles. No. So, <laughs> we're going to carry on in Ecclesiastes. Uh, just a quick one. Who really enjoyed Dougie Doug last week? I thought it was great. I've never seen a skunk up close and personal before. That was quite an experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a double portion of links down there. I've got two. Well, I don't know what people are trying to say. So we're in Ecclesiastes 8, uh, verse 2 through 17. It should come up on the screen. And uh, we're going to read it. I'm going to read from the NIV, um, just because it's one of those passages of Scripture that can be quite wordy. And uh, I think it kind of breaks it down a little bit. So it says, Obey the king. Obey the king's command, I say, because you took an oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. Do not stand up for a bad cause, for he will do whatever he pleases. Since a king's word is supreme, who can say to him, what are you doing? Whoever obeys his command will come to no harm, and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter, though a person may be weighed down by misery. Since no one knows the future, who can tell someone else what is to come? As no one has power over the wind to contain it. So no one has power over the time of their death. As no one is discharged in time of war. So wickedness will not release those who practice it. All of this I saw as I applied my mind to everything done under the sun. There is a time... When a man lords it over, over others to his own hurt. Then too I saw the wicked buried. Those who used, used to come and go from the holy place and receive praise in the city where they did this. This too is meaningless. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. Although a wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time. I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before him. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. There is something else meaningless that occurs on earth. The righteous who get what the wicked deserve, and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve. This too I say is meaningless. So I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of their life God has given them under the sun. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the labour that is done on earth, people getting no, no sleep day or night, then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning. Even if the wise claim they know, they cannot really comprehend it. Okay, it's quite a chunk of scripture. Okay, and to try and pull everything out in 25, 30 minutes is a is a task. Okay, we're going to just trust the Lord and see uh, where, where we end up today. But obviously back in the day, uh, those countries were ruled by kings and, and, and rulers in that way. But today, obviously, we uh, in the UK live under the monarchy, the queen, uh, and her family who don't really have too much power, right? We have uh, the government and, and, and politicians who, who work on behalf of the monarchy. Okay, so it's, it's kind of, we're looking at a kind of a political kind of thing this morning. Okay, but don't don't uh, don't switch off, because we're living in an interesting times. Okay, in the natural, this country looks like, to be honest, a bit of a laughing stock in the world. But I want to tell you, God is sovereign, and God knows what He's doing. So. Historically, we've had pretty much the left and the right in, in politics. Today, those lines have become very blurred. And we're getting all kinds of different people coming up and, and kind of making a, a claim to, to be the, the leader of the country and, 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 the, and the, the party that should lead the country. But as Christians, what does this mean for us? it can really lead to quite a conflicted life as a citizen of a country that isn't so much following the godly morals and standards set out that in actual fact the foundations of this country were built on. So we we can be stuck in a bit of a quandary. So the first question this morning would be, how should Christians engage with the rulers and systems that dominate our public life? Well, if we jump back 3,000 years ago, approximately, the world's wisest man, Solomon, he gave us an answer. We're to do it with wisdom. In Ecclesiastes 8, 2-6, to Solomon gives us wise counsel to navigate living under earthly authority while living under God's authority and we're going to look at some of that this morning you know god works through authority if you look in the bible for those of you that regularly read your bible you'll see a lot about particularly in the old testament about the kings who wield their political authority you've got the prophets and the priests who obviously are, are exercising their spiritual authority And we hear about Jesus who submitted to the Father's will throughout the whole of his life. We're constantly encouraged in the Bible. And those people were constantly encouraged to respect the governmental rulers. Wives to respect their husbands, children to honor and obey their parents. And if you work for somebody to work wholeheartedly for your employer the problem today is that there's really a lack of respect not across the board but there are a lack of, is a lack of respect and it's perhaps not as popular and less fashionable to, to respect authority than in any other time in this world You know, it's so easy, isn't it, for selfish people and sinful people to rebel against authority and, and say, actually, well, it's the authority and those people in authority that are selfish and sinful. And there's this wrestle with who has the moral high ground. We see it all the time. And I'm so thankful to the Word of God. I want to tell you, if you struggle with anything in your life, Who has struggles here? Yeah, we're all in the same boat. I want to tell you, I I can't quite understand how people can just carry on walking in life if they profess to be Christian, but they don't read the word. This book has got everything in it you need to live a godly life. The wisdom in this book alone, if you take everything else out, the wisdom alone is enough for you to walk a godly life. And Solomon gives us a few pointers to, to show us how we to interact with those in authority, the rulers, whether it be in the home, at your workplace, in the church, or even in the government. There's five, and we're going to look at them this morning. The first one, quite simply, honour God in all that you do. What does that mean? It means to go to work. Not, not honouring the people that employ you, but honouring God, because out of that, putting God first. We're made to worship. We're made to adore him. We are made just for him. Actually, I think that's the words of a Toby Mac song, to be honest. But it came to my mind. We honour God. You see, if you honour God, what are you going to do? You're going to honour those people above you in authority. Number two remember that the power that those in authority wield is real and is often God-given. Unfortunately, in this world, you can be fired from your workplace. You can be disciplined. You can be fined. Or if you break the law, you can end up in prison. And... uh foolish people tend to get a little bit worked up with all of this and they forget it and they 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 run headlong into trouble number 3 pick your battles prayerfully not every hill is worth dying on I'm speaking to myself here as well. It's been a interesting week preparing for this, Just looking at the way I approach things in life. Are you the kind of person who's always in search of some cause or some conflict? You see it on Facebook. I don't know if those of you that are on, if you're on Facebook, God bless you. I'm on Facebook. It can be an absolute battlefield. There's this cause, that cause that pops up. I mean, it's just mad. And you can end up kind of, I, I, in some ways I do choose my, my battles prayerfully. Like if, if there's something on Facebook that I don't necessarily agree with, I don't, I don't, post very often I have done once or twice and it and and then it just causes strife man it really does and it's really sad because uh, we've got family members that that Pope that they're family members who are, are ministers of the gospel but they have such a different view on a lot of things than I do and they, and they freely posting this stuff. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm worried. We'll see later on. There's a judgment coming. Judgment day is a real thing, people. It's not. We can't mess around with it. Stuff is real. So if you're that kind of person that is in search of cause and conflicts all the time, I want to encourage you to spend the time, a season focused on and God and don't let the world influence you as much as it perhaps is number four do not participate in ungodly plots and schemes Don't forget this. Remember. It was Judas. Who showed up. With the mob. He was walking with Jesus. And he betrayed him. And he went and got. Let's call him the mob. Don't forget it. What happened to Judas? We know. So, do not participate in ungodly plots and schemes. If there's, a, if this is uh, speaking to you this morning, if there's anything you want to chat about, I'm happy to chat because we can get caught up in this stuff and not know a way out either. The way out is to exercise wisdom and number one, honour God. Five. Look for look for the God given time and process by which to do the right thing, in the right way, at the right time, for the right reason. If only we could get this right all of the time, would be A1. Just on some practical things. I mean let's take, for example, and I'm, I'm just using it as an example. If you're an abused wife, call the police, don't think that you're alone. Work through the legal channels that are available. If your employer is treating you unfairly, there are ways and there are chains of command that you can go through, alternatively you could find another job. Maybe the government is doing something that you don't like. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I try to steer clear of politics and stuff. But we have to go there at the moment sometimes because it, the world you know this it's looking a bit dicey. You know there are legal channels that you can go through with the freedom of speech. Uh, let's look at Jesus he lived under the the rule of the godless Roman Empire i ask you a question did did Jesus did Jesus pay tax question for you who thinks Jesus paid tax by a show of hands who thinks Jesus didn't pay tax? Okay. I found this in the Bible. It's quite interesting. Matthew 17, verses 24 through 25. After Jesus and his disciples arrived at Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Verse 25. Yes, he does, he replied. Interesting. But what happens if you dishonor God, ignore the authority that you're up against? That you plot and scheme of ungodly people, rush ahead into the wrong thing, in the wrong way at the wrong time? You might bring about change. But what I ask you, is that change godly? it might not be a life-giving thing or any better than the very thing that you were going to war against it's a lot easier to break something than it is to build something All right, when i was thinking about this there was a there was a time when we were in south africa friends of ours who had um, a couple of friends of ours had um, light aircraft and they had uh, bought a a plot of land. No, I say a plot of land. That makes it sound so well. They bought a farm, basically. Built a runway, a couple of runways, and they were in the process of building um, hangars for the planes. I think there was probably about 25, 30 of them dotted around. And this, the friend, this friend of ours, he, um, he owned the one hangar, but he, had, he bought the hangar next to it. But they were joined by a wall, internal wall. And, uh, man, I, I, uh, I enjoy that stuff like that. And uh, so there, we I went in there with a sledgehammer. Break this wall down. Man, it was hard work. I was a bit slimmer, a bit trimmer then, a bit more, I was fitter. I'm over 40 now. It's all, it's all gone downhill. And uh, But I remember, man, whacking away at this thing. And this wall came down. And like, it looked. It looked at me. Okay, what now? I haven't got a clue, mate. Sorry. Any old fool can knock a wall down, but only somebody like Marcus or or, or James can probably put it back up and it look anything half decent. i might be a wonky thing, man. I reckon Ben might also give him a run for his money with a bit of bit of brickwork. I reckon having put some slabs down out there by the by the container. There are things in the in this life that we want to change that we even we need to change but perhaps we can't change them. There are there are things in this life that only God can do. In uh verses 7 and 9 7 through 9, sorry. This is what Solomon's getting at. Who knows what tomorrow holds? Okay, you might have a rough idea right that you're going to go to work and now you're going to work hard and you're going to honor your employer you're going to drive to work without breaking the speed limit being a good driver yeah all that stuff we don't know when we're going to die we have no idea what uh what nature will do in god's hands Woke up this morning, the sun was shining and now it's raining. There's a lot of stuff in this world that no matter who is in charge, we can do nothing about. However, we need to trust God to rule over all. God alone has authority and control over everyone and everything. Solomon says, in this life, people will use their power to hurt and harm one another. Unfortunately, this does include people sitting on the thrones, ruling over families, over business, over church, over courtrooms, over government, over, over cities, over nations. There'll always be people there to throw rocks. But one day all of that stuff is going to fall away. All those positions of authority are going to fall away, and there'll be one throne remaining. And sitting on that throne will be the risen ruling, reigning king of kings and the Lord of lords. And his name is Jesus Christ. We know the Bible says he will judge the living and the dead. And on that day before the judge who sees and knows all. All wickedness will not be rewarded, and it includes people in positions of power and authority, and people under that power and authority. It's for everybody. So, what do we need to do as believers? Verses ten to fourteen. Basically, it's saying we just need to just keep our heads. We do our best to fight for justice. But we need to do it in just ways. And trust in God to do his part in this life and the life to come. It goes on to talk about how the world is filled with injustice. Wicked people get big funerals. Where people stand up and say nice things about them, I want to tell you most of that stuff is not true. I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral, and maybe you've been to a funeral of a of a, of a dodgy dodgy person. Man, people don't really say what it really is; they fluff it up. Oh, he was a good guy, you know. He's sort of the earth and all that, you know. You know, there he is, knocking six bells out of the, out of his wife, or do you know what I mean? It also talks about evildoers that are getting praised in the houses of worship. Criminals getting away with crime. Which only encourage, encourages other people to go and commit crime as well. That was happening then. It's happening now. It's parallel. Nothing really changes. It goes on to say some of the evilest people live the longest lives. Solomon's space, it's, everything is meaningless. Solomon says the key to keeping our head and keeping our heart right is to fear God. The difference between an ungodly life and a godly life is to remember and not forget God when I'm chatting with Nikki uh, about the things of God she often goes on about the, f- the fear of the Lord we know the Bible verse says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom but we we can have this preconceived kind of idea of when we talk about fear as a, as a, as a kind of a negative thing right fear is often a negative but it says to fear the lord is the beginning of wisdom solomon's talking about fearing god say to you this morning that the fear of the lord is not necessarily being afraid of him but being in awe of who he is And that kind of opens you up to a life of freedom. Uh, There was a quote, and I I think it was probably uh, Mark Driscoll says this, To fear the Lord is to consider God above everything and everyone else. To fear the Lord is to do what is right in God's eyes. Even if it means that the outcome will likely not be In your best interests. And I'm so grateful that God's justice is being delayed a little bit. We hear people talk about the end times and all that stuff. I have no idea when God is coming back. All I know is he is coming back. And I'm so uh, grateful to him that right now he hasn't returned yet because I know of people that don't know him. And I, God is just waiting for people to repent and come to him. But God's justice won't be denied. It will happen. And those people who persist without, those people who persist in sin Without ever turning to the Lord. Or not getting away with anything. Those people that continue to sin. Rebel against God. Will unfortunately stand before God on judgment day. And... Will basically spend eternity separated from God interestingly fearing God is mentioned five times in Ecclesiastes and it's mentioned twice in chapter 8 the point is that life under the sun makes no sense if there is not a final judgment before God for all people Imagine if there was no police, no prisons in the world how how would you live? if there was no authority, nobody to keep an eye on the laws of the land no no prison to go to uh, man it, people would live very different lives, I think. I just want to read uh from Revelation Uh, Revelation 19 verses 11 to 16 the rider on a white horse then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse the one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of fury over the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. just want to say that Revelation is not a fantasy book. People misunderstand Revelation, that is the truth. As Christians, well, I believe God will come. He will judge and pass out sentence. We've seen it throughout history. Read the Bible. It's all there. Everything pointing to Jesus and, and God's judgment, okay? Unfortunately, people will be sentenced to eternity separated from God. justice comes through Jesus it comes through the cross where he died in place for our sins justice will come and for those that deny him they'll be tragically sorry see in the world in this world it looks like when injustice occurs The fools are correct. But it's a surah, it's an illusion that is absolutely smashed and broken down at the judgment seat of Christ. And this should lead to a fear of the Lord that is reverential, emotional, practical and worshipful. Because the end of this life is the beginning of our eternal life. I love it that it ends on this though. In the meantime, he says, we're to enjoy life from time to time. Chapter 8 verse 15. It so says, you know, basically, until that final judgment, we're encouraged to have fun. He says, eat something good, drink something tasty, and make some memories by enjoying your life. Life is filled with injustice, frustration, and there's always work to be done. We should work for justice, but not to the point that we become so obsessed and driven by it that we lose sight. Of the goodness of God. We sang quite a bit about the goodness of God this morning. And uh, I wrote in my notes here, Summer Series plug, because we're also looking at the goodness of God throughout the summer. And we're looking forward to that. You get people in this world and they look so sullen and so glum. But somehow they accomplish a lot in life. But they actually live very little. Are you one of those people that gets upset by injustice in your life? Or in someone else's life? By an organisation, a political system? Does it have you obsessed? I mean, it's, it's so interesting when you look... Christians on the left, Christians on the right, Christians in the middle. You know, it's it's interesting. But don't lose sight of him. Number one, remember. Honour God in all that you do. Walk with him. Last question for you. How good are you at having fun and not being serious all the time? How good are you at having fun, enjoying life, and not being serious all the time? See a few smiles. Pretty good? Yeah? Come down. Come, well, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, bless you, mate. <laughs> you come down to a come down to a coffee shop on a Thursday afternoon. We have fun there. Yeah. A couple of coffees. Brilliant. But the end of this chapter, he's saying, go out, have fun, enjoy life. Don't take it all too seriously. There are times where you have to. We know that. But God's saying to you this morning. And he's given you an invitation. To find something that isn't ungodly. Hear that. But something that you enjoy. and Go and do it. Take time. Clear your head. Purify your heart. Go visit your friends. Enjoy your family. Because God's got it all in hand. He knows what he's doing. We're called to pray. Particularly for those in government. It might not be the government of your choice. But if you're jumping on the bandwagon on the course to break them down. You are not participating in something of God. Particularly if you're not praying for them. You might not agree with him. And this was cemented all this was cemented to me when I read this. I'm not gonna read it all because it's quite long, it's thirty verses. And I'm probably eight run over already. I'm getting that look. But in the book of Daniel, chapter five. With the title, "The Writing on the Wall," the King Belshazzar basically was having a feast for loads of people, the nobles, and uh, they were drinking wine. And uh, he asked them to to bring the gold and silver cups that had been taken from the temple in Jerusalem. Okay, and uh, so they were drinking out of these cups and and everything like that. And they were and then they toasted. They drank toast from them to honor their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. (coughs) At that very moment, they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. There you are, you're having a nice drink of wine in a gold cup. All of a sudden, a human hand starts writing on the wall. You might look at that cup and think, where's the bottle? But they were gripped with terror. The king basically shouted for all the enchanters, astrologers, to come and try and interpret what was written on the wall. The queen mum heard and uh, ran to them and said, actually, there is a guy in the kingdom who can do this for you. You can interpret that. Uh, it's Daniel. So Daniel was brought before the king. Uh, and they were, and the king was going to offer them a purple robe, lots of gifts and stuff. Daniel basically said, keep the gifts. I'm not really interested. It's fine. You can give them away to someone else. And he goes on to say to the king, but you have not honoured God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. And God has sent this hand to write a message. It said, mene tekel parsin. Which means, mene means numbered. I'm reading from the Bible now, okay? I'm not making this up. It says, God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. Teko means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have failed the test. Parsin means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was dressed in the purple robes, given a gold chain, hung around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. But listen to this. And tell me not God is in control. That very night, Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. And Darius the Mede, took over the kingdom at the age of sixty-two. Folks we need to pray for our governments and if you want to fight for the injustice do it through the proper channels but make sure that you're honouring God with all that you do because we can see that God has got it all in hand he knows what he's doing okay okay Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We just pray that anything that uh, is of me would just fall away and die and fall to the ground and perish, Lord. But if there's stuff that's from you, Father, may it just take hold. May it resonate, Lord. May you develop that within people, Lord. If you're calling us to, to change the way we think, the way we see things, Father, I pray that we would just be obedient to you and your prompting, that we would indeed pray. For those in authority, those that are ruling and reigning, Lord, we do lift up the government to you right now in Jesus' name. Father, you would have your way, that your rule and reign would be established, Lord, in this country. Father, but we want to pray blessing on all those in authority over us. Father, you would speak to them, you would meet with them and you would bless them. Father, we don't want to break them down. We want to encourage them. Father, we trust in you. We trust in your unfailing love. Lord, we trust in your sovereignty that you know the beginning from the end and everything in between. Father, we would would go from this place Lord, that we would worship you, we would adore you, we would know that we were made just for you. Father, we bless you, or we love you. Amen.